This is the Stop Time Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Hopkins, and I'm here to engage you in thought-provoking motivational conversations around practicing the art of living in the moment. I'm a certified life coach, and I'm excited to dig deep and offer insights into embracing who we are and where we are at. So today I am speaking with Annalise Scarpacci, who at the ripe age of 20 years old has already appeared twice on Broadway in Matilda and A Christmas Story and is currently playing Lydia Hillard in Mrs. Doubtfire, which was set to open on April 5th, but shut down just three days, I think, after its first preview due to the global pandemic. So Annalise, I am super excited about chatting with you today. Thank you so much for agreeing to spend time on this Stop Time podcast. Listen, Thank you so much. Yeah, if it's okay with you, I would love to just jump right in. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. So I'm dying to ask you, do you remember the moment on March 12th when Broadway shut down? Oh, yes. Uh, we were rehearsing. So we had our previews and I was at the theater with all of my friends and there were like rumors going around saying they're shutting down, they're shutting down. I guess I was totally in la la land. I had no idea what was going on, which is so wrong of me, but I was so focused on the show and everything was so exciting and so happy around me that I just had no idea what was happening. So when they announced that we were shutting down, I found out on social media first, which personally I wasn't a fan of. Our producer was on his way over to tell us, but social media got to it first. Thousands of text messages from family and friends. I had to put my phone to the side and not pay attention to it. I was so upset, uh, but I knew that it was the right thing to do. I was just so shocked that it actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. It was just so crazy. Yeah, no, I can, I can imagine. And it sounds like actually that you were really living in the moment and savoring every moment of the process. I was, I was. And then it, it makes sense. Yeah, it kind of makes sense that you were sort of, you were sort of not aware of the outside world. I was so <laughs> blindsided. I was like, oh, what is happening? I mean, you know what? I, I just moved into my first apartment. I was living on my own for the first time ever. And and I was like going to the theater and going back. I was living the dream. And then all of a sudden it just stopped. And it was the craziest feeling in the whole world. So and then my mom came in and was like, let's go home. I was like, home, back to my house. Great. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Shocker. And, and what was the timeline with that? With like from the moment you got the text message to the moment that your mom said, let's go home. Or we're gone. Um, I got the message at like 1.30 that I guess they announced the shutdown at like 12, like around 12 p.m., 1 o'clock. And then we were still there at rehearsal and we had a big meeting and we were all there until 4. I left at 4 and my mom, I was with Maria, who is my understudy uh, and in our ensemble, she's 18 and she is from Ohio. And my mom took the two of us because we were just a complete mess. And then we went back to my apartment and my mom said, okay, after this, we're going to go out to dinner. The three of us are going to go out to dinner. We're going to take Maria back to her apartment and then we're going to go home. 
Mm, <laughs> I was like, wow. what? Complete tears everywhere. It was Aww. just, I was a mess. <laughs> what was, what was your first thought? Do you remember? Like, like, so when you're in that, like you said, you described you were in the zone, you were kind of unaware, you got yeah. the text. What was your first thought when you got the text? I didn't believe it. Mm. I thought they were lying. I don't like to believe the news and what things say. I was waiting for <laughs> Kevin. I said, it's not happening until Kevin comes here and tells us that it's happening. <laughs> Charity, who shares, she plays our social worker in the show and we share a dressing room and she was looking at me like I was absolutely insane. Like, she's like, you don't believe what they're saying. We're shutting down. It's it. It's it. We're shutting down for the month. I mean, at the time it was a month. We're shutting down for the month. And I was like, no, I don't believe it until Kevin comes and tells us. Wow. <laughs> Wow. And I was so not aware. Yeah. You were not ready to accept any, nope. any secondhand news. So, so when, when Kevin did come and when you did hear it firsthand, what then, how did that feel different? If at all? I was shocked. I was, it was just complete shock. I was confused. I was concerned. Uh, I certainly did not think that it was going to be this long. Um, I think that everyone else kind of thought that it was going to be this long, maybe longer. Uh, so they were worried, more worried, obviously, about unemployment and all those questions. But a lot of those questions were not able to be answered at that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, of course. And so, so when you say you were concerned, was it sort of, did you, how did that sort of play into, you know, where you were? And where suddenly you were kind of forced to be almost like one of those those time movies, you know, where like something from, you're, you're in the past and then suddenly you see something that kind of pulls you back to the and you're like, whoa. Yeah, it was kind of. I wasn't really processing what was happening. We were all like everyone cast crew because we were all there mm -hmm. uh, and Kevin and, and Jerry was crying. I'm pretty sure he was crying. Um, I knew that when I looked at Jerry and saw that how upset he was, I knew that, that there was definitely something that we had to be worried about. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. I trust him the most. Uh, yeah. That was when I knew that I was like, oh, okay, maybe we should be doing this. This is correct. This is the right thing to do. Right. So you sort of, it sounds like you had a little bit of that sort of we're all in this together. That's how this is going to yeah. work. Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hear that. And I mean, that's, that's a great coping mechanism, right? Just to yeah. say, oh, yeah, that's amazing. So, so when you had those thoughts, like what actions did you take? Uh, well, I cried a lot. <laughs> and then I went home. Uh, for the first couple of days at home, I was just not aware I guess it was kind of, I kept waking up in the middle of the night thinking, oh, I'm in my apartment. No, you're not. You're at your bed in mm. your house. Um, you're not, it's not a dream. This is real life. Uh, that was, that was a good week of realization. And then once a week went by, my mom was like, okay, it's time for you to get up and go. Let's do, let's get some things going. And I was like, okay, great. What are we doing first? And she said, you're going to work out every day with me. <laughs> and so I did. And that's what I did. And I have to say, Billy Blanks has changed my whole life. <laughs> he, 
Um, I do Billy Blanks every morning with my mom since a week after I was home. And that's when I realized I was not taking care of myself when I was at, when I was in the show and at my apartment. And even when I was at school, I wasn't taking care of myself as I should be. So it was a realization that now I'm going to start taking care of myself. Huh. Isn't it interesting, right? Then we're going along, you're in the moment and everything is perfect. You're living the dream, as you say, it gets taken away from you. And although you're naturally, you know, understandably feeling this limbo for a minute, it took something like doing something for yourself to realize um, what, what you had been missing when you were in that dream that you were living. Yeah. I was not eating well at all. I was not exercising. I went to the gym like once or twice and not for long, the two times that I went. Uh, and my brain was just, and I wasn't getting enough sleep. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a lot of, it took a lot for me to realize that I need to figure out when I, when I do go back, how I'm going to manage taking care of myself and my busy schedule, which I think I'm going to be able to do. I think I'm ready for that. Yeah, you are. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. So, so I'm curious, what, what, what is your definition of living in the moment? Well, I think it's being positive and taking whatever life throws your way and just rolling with it. That's always what I've done ever since I was a kid. I kind of, I'm not, I don't do well with change, mm-hmm. but once I just take the risk and just do it, then I'm fine. Uh, even like trying foods, I would try, my parents would be like, you want to try this? It's an olive. I'm like, okay, great. And then I'd try it and I'd be like, oh, that's good. And they're like, you want another one? Nah, I'm good. <laughs> so um, I, always, I always used to say that I wanted to try things but I, and I would do it. And just to say that I tried it. And even if I didn't like it, I tried it. So that's all that matters. Uh, and growing up in this business, especially, I took risks and I went to every open call that I possibly could. And I, the, both for Christmas Story and Godspell, when I did Godspell, I went on a limb and just went to an open call. Even though I had representation, I just did it. Because I was like, you know what? I'm here. Might as well go. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think it's just about taking risks and just doing it. That's interesting. I'm curious to, to sort of sit with that just for a minute, because what's, what's coming up for me is that when um, there's a lot of action in that, a lot of, like you, you brought up the idea of risk and the idea of just going for it. And yeah. a, lo- a lot of that sounds to me um, like a real strength of yours, clearly. Um, you know, sort of this, this sort of willingness to trust the process. Yeah. And it took a while. Yeah. So how did you, how did you get there? I'm curious. Um, I think that I've been diagnosed with Crohn's disease since I was 10. So, and it was the same time that I was diagnosed that I had started acting professionally. Mm. So I think that when my doctors, when I met my doctor for the first time, and I'm still with them now, she, the first thing that came out of her mouth was, you're not going to let this stop you. Mm. So I think in the back of my mind throughout everything, it was always that if I didn't take a risk that it would be letting my Crohn's stop me. I feel like Mm -hmm. that was always in the back of my mind. And I just 
it did it. I just would just go and just do things. And yeah, it's been there pretty much since a very young age that I've always been like, okay, something new, let's try it. Let's do it. Even if I'm uncomfortable, I was always uncomfortable doing new things, but I did it anyway in order to help myself grow. Mm, I love that. That's, that's fantastic. And it, it seems like it, it has certainly served you well. And yes. it's, it's interesting because, you know, we talk about um, living in the moment and it's, um, you know, it's not dwelling on the moment because some, some people, quote unquote, stay in the moment which is a very different thing than living. And you've, you're really sort of drawing out the idea of motion um, as being sort of, part, sort of energy as being part of it. Yeah. So when you, you know, does that make sense? That's the, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so, you know, some people may define, and there's no right or wrong answer, but, you know, may define uh, living in the moment to being, you know, just being very, very mindful and maybe meditating or, or whatever that may be. And it sounds to me like your definition is a little bit more, accepting accepting whatever comes and being okay with it yeah yeah 100% yeah I love that so it's interesting because you know there's 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 a you know a sort of a fallacy which is knowing is half the battle right which is like you know knowing how to lose weight (laughs) is is half the battle it's just not true right I mean putting it into action (laughs) So, so it's interesting that when I think of that, that's what they call that the GI Joe fallacy. It's kind of a positive psychology thing. It's sort of interesting that as I talk to you, it comes up for me because I'm thinking about, you know, you don't know what's coming next. When you went to those auditions, when stuff happened to you, you didn't know, but you were willing enough to live in the moment of not knowing that moment. And it's, you know, that's what sort of brings me to, to my sort of concept of, calling this this um podcast stop time because in music um you know stop time is that that you know when the band keeps playing but sort of sits out so that the soloist can take the leap and make their own rhythms and kind of do their own thing and still but the time keeps going if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like this unique kind of beautiful moment yeah that's so cool um i love that so thank you so, so with this, well, let me ask you, and, and I think it's pretty clear, but I'd love to just ask you, like, how much, how much would you say you, you value living in the moment? Like, say on a scale of one to 10, with 10 being like, it's the ultimate, most important thing to me, blah, blah, blah. I'd say a solid nine and a half. Ah, okay. Yeah, I think a nine and a half because a lot of, t- I have a lot of self-doubt and I, give the half a point to the nine. I give the half a point away for my self-doubt because I, I'm a perfectionist. Okay. Uh, and I think that being a perfectionist is a good thing sometimes, but you do have to, I guess they come hand in hand because when, when I'm taking that risk and I took that risk and I, I literally like for Christmas story, I went, I was at my dance class on Saturdays and they were having the open call and I was in flip-flops and sweats in my dance clothes and my book was in the car and I said to my mom, let's go get my book in the car and then we bought a pair of sneakers on the street and then we just went up to the audition and I was the last person there. So I guess, and I 
guess when I was younger, I didn't have that self-doubt, but as I got older, that was when it started to creep in because there's like a stigma and a pin on the back of your back that says Broadway baby. And they're going to, I don't know. I feel like they're going to know you as the kid who was on Broadway at age 12 all the time. So it's, you got to like break out of that mold. So that was a lot of pressure. But, um, I feel like with self doubt, there's always good to have a little bit of that because that's what makes you stronger. Interesting. That makes sense. No, a hundred percent. And and that's really interesting. You know, that, that voice in your head that says, you know, that, that assumption that because I was on Broadway at 12, you know, everyone is going to associate with me with that in coaching. We call that a gremlin, right? We call that, yeah. you know, the voice in your head that's that probably served you at one point, but but that, you know, you got to a certain point where, where that voice is not helping you anymore. And, you know, we talk about repurposing that gremlin and sort of saying, okay, thank you. You're part of me. You were there for a reason, but um, moving forward, I don't really need you anymore. And how about we repurpose this energy? And, and if you were to do that with that gremlin, that, that, you know, half percent, that sort of keeps you from saying that living in the moment is something that would be a 10, how would you repurpose that? energy or, or that message of the gremlin that says ah, everyone's always going to think that you're broadway baby blah oh boy i think <laughs> that what really it's only been recent last year my sophomore year of college was a bad year bad everything i did oh it was just awful i think about it it was terrible um i just had a bad year mentally and I thought it was, I thought my life was ending. I thought that the, the whole thing, everything that I had worked for was just not happening. And I wasn't where I should have been or where I thought I should have been. Uh, and when I got home that summer was what really, really helped me. And I took an improv class. And in that improv class for four weeks, it was like, they told me, just forget it. In the first class, I struggled so hard because, I mean, anyone who knows me knows that I don't do things. I, I can't think ahead. Like, I don't like to think ahead before I do things. I just, like, you know, I get very stressed out easily. But I did it. And then the second class was what opened my eyes. And I said, no, one, no one's watching me. No one cares if I say water balloon instead of ball of yarn like it doesn't matter <laughs> it doesn't matter so I guess that's what helped me was just realizing and learning and I'm still learning to realize that no one really cares <laughs> they don't care no one cares and neither should I that's so, awesome yeah so is that how you're going to rescript your gremlin? Is that is that the, the yeah? New... It's a it's a work in progress. It's yeah. a work in progress, but uh, I've that. been getting better. I've been getting better at it. So I love that. That's so awesome. Hey, I'm just gonna um, ask you really really quick. Um, yeah. This is actually a technical thing. Do you hear a clicking? No. It might be. It might be my headphones. Sometimes they click. I think that's it because they weren't click. There we go. That's better. Yeah. Better. Okay. Yeah, that's perfect. Amazing. That's so cool though, because the, the question, the, the original question was how much do you value living in the moment? And it's interesting that you gave me a, um, 
a half percent, which at first would indicate there's half, there's a half percent that where I don't value it. Like it would yeah. take another, yeah. And so interest, it's just, it's really an interesting way of looking at it. And, and again, I think it speaks to um, the way, the way I sort of in, interpret that is it speaks to your willingness to not know and your willingness to see what that might look like when it's ready in the moment when it's yeah yeah that's cool so so how often do you practice living in the moment for this this nine and a half percent of the not a percent of the time but it's nine and a half out of ten uh i'm not sure i think i'd say a fair amount mm -hmm. i pretty much it kind of just happens i don't know kind of just happens can you, like, when you with when this you decision it? like with this decision for me to go back to school which is a very tough decision to make um i i'll be honest i was very against it at first and then i thought about it and i was seeing people's videos online of doing you know and i figured well why shouldn't i do that why shouldn't i take that class why shouldn't i finish it out so I think that was, that was me living in the moment. I think it's when I make big decisions. Mm, I love that. So, so it's kind of when you're, when you're facing, you're, you're really sort of owning up to, to what it is that you're thinking about trying to align your value with what you're thinking. Yeah. And stop for a moment and make, make decisions about that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, I love that. That makes sense because I mean, we all face uncertainty and we certainly are facing it now, right? For sure. And, and we can't control that. We can't control, you know, the, whatever we're dealt with. Um, but what we can always be at choice is how we choose to feel about, or, you know, each moment, right? Yeah. And so you describe that very well in saying that, you know, it's when I'm making decisions, it really shows up for you. That's, that's, that's really, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, how much energy would you say that you spend worrying about what you can't control? Oh boy. Uh, now I think maybe a four on a scale of one to 10. I don't really like, I, I currently, I don't really worry about anything. Mm -hmm. I think like, for example, with the shutdown, I was not worried about anything. Um, I should have been, but um, even now, why like, should have you been? Because things were happening outside of the world, and I was just completely unaware because I was so focused on what I was doing at the time. And I guess I feel guilty about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, when you say should have, I mean, have you thought about asking yourself what difference it would have made had you worried? Would it? Have yeah, I. But honestly, then there's another side of me that thinks that I was better off because. I mean, yes, I was washing my hands and taking care of myself, but um, I was more concerned about making the people coming to see the show happy than I was with, like, you know, spreading infection. I don't know. I feel like, mm. <laughs> I don't know. Interesting. Well, it's like the, the, the responsibility um, and the expectations changed, right? Yeah. You went from, you know, getting ready to play this role for this, you know, really exciting moment in really in theater history because i mean who doesn't love mrs doubtfire right i mean come on <laughs> <laughs> and i can imagine like how exciting that must have been for all of you 
right? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't your Broadway debut, so that would be a different experience. But mm -hmm. it, was, it was a very special kind of moment, and, and then you all went through that together. And it makes perfect sense that when you're in previews, that you're, you're laser focused. Of course you are, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a group effort. It takes a village. There's, there's, you know, hundreds of you working towards that, towards, like you said, opening for the audience to sort of show them what you've done and share with them. So it makes sense that when that got pulled out, that you had to like recalibrate for a bit and go, wait, wait, what am I supposed to be doing? And then you hear, you hear the media saying, you're supposed to do this and do that and do that. And your mother's saying, we're going home, you're moving. You're like, what's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was really thrown for a loop. I was like, oh, what, what, huh? But now I'm happy. I, I, think, I think I needed this time. I don't, I mean, obviously I don't, I want to go back and I want to be there. Um, and definitely going there on Friday to get my things is going to be very, very rough. But I do think that I needed this time for my body to recalibrate. Mm -hmm. So this way, when I do go back, I'm going to be ready to do that show for as long as I possibly can. Yeah. And you'll be ready to serve like you wanted to, your audience. Yeah. Right? To, yeah to really Without share. anyone being afraid. Yeah. It broke my heart when we had to stop stage dooring for that one night. Mm-hmm. I did, I only staged or once because I came after first preview, I had thousands, 40 people there of all my family members. So I couldn't really stage door, but, um, yeah, the second night I staged door and it was such a great feeling. And there were so many crowds there and so many people. Mm -hmm. And I took a picture with someone. And then the next day she said, I have COVID. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was just taking a picture with you yesterday. Okay, great. Really great. Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're, my mom was stars. like, you were taking a picture with her and now she has COVID. Oh my gosh. This is, this is ridiculous. Can you uh, believe this is why you have to be cautious? I was like, I'm fine. That's funny. I mean, not funny. I mean, thank God you're okay. And I hope she is yeah. too. But yeah. That, yeah, no, that's, but I, I hear you. I mean, the world just, you know, changed, not just, you know, for all of us in different ways. And that's why I'm so curious to know how energetically people are, you know, able to show up for themselves. You seem like you're resonating in a very positive light, which is fantastic and infectious. And I love that. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. I want to ask you a couple more things. I'm, I'm curious to know, what do, you, what do you know will be true about you no matter what happens? about okay. you you know what i mean no matter that yeah. no, no pandemic can take away from you no diploma no role no audition no weather no person no bad voice in your head just well, what do you know will be true about you no matter what happens i know that no matter what i do that things are going to be out of my control and the only thing that i that is in my control is if i work hard and I practice, and I don't let any outside negativity, as hard as it is, into my brain. Yeah, that's fair. And I know that if I do that and I keep that in my, in my brain, then I'm not going to change. And family comes first, always, mm. without a doubt. What if, just, just for fun, Yeah. what if performing suddenly became illegal and you could not do what you do 
what do you know will still be true about you no matter what you do? Well, I'll never stop singing. I'll never stop. <laughs> I think I ever will. <laughs> um, yeah. You'll always have singing. <laughs> I'll always have singing. That's awesome. And I'll always have dancing. You know, oh, yeah. I have this, this room where I could do my thing, I guess. <laughs> That's so sweet. So where do you see yourself three years from now? Let's just say. Boy, I'll be 20, 23, 24-ish. You'll be over the um, hill. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, oh, God. Well, for starters, I really want a puppy. So hopefully I'll have one of those. Um, I, I see myself. Hopefully on Broadway again. Hopefully, as Jerry would say, as a role with lines. Um, making people happy surrounded by my family and my friends that's beautiful yeah big smile on her face (laughs) the fact of me turning 21 in october is really making me nervous i don't like that feeling at all why what are you afraid of i'm not i just think i'm old and that i was just 10 years old yesterday (laughs) and it's weird (laughs) This whole thing is so weird to me. I think that my whole life is just a weird situation and I never expected any of this to happen. Well, no. I mean, you didn't ask to be born, right? You just got born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're, you're in for the ride, though. It sounds like you're really in for the ride. I love yeah. that. In the moment, again, you're just like, well, here I am. I can here imagine I you when you were born. It's like, hello. <laughs> yeah. I was always just just doing it. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Listen, I so appreciate you taking the time to be in the moment with me and with sharing your story. And before we say goodbye, I I love to ask all my guests, what are the top three things that happened to you today so far? Hmm. Today? Mm -hmm. Well, I went to go get my antibody test for COVID, which was actually at my high school that got shut down. I went to that high school for only three years. I transferred out of my senior year because of um, social stuff. But uh, I wasn't really happy there. But I never got to go back there before it got shut down. So today, when I went to go get my blood test, I was there. And it was so strange. But it actually, I felt a lot of closure going there and just seeing the gym i don't know so that was a good thing that happened today that's cool i never knew i needed that yeah i never knew because i mean i what i was so unhappy there for three years of my life and i was miserable but i never i was like you know i never want to see that place again and then when you get to go and you see it you're like huh interesting this is what I needed for today. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. That's me. But that, that was makes, one No, day. that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I mean, pers- yeah. perspective is a gift, right? Yeah. And they had, it was in the gym, so they had the, the uh, curtains open on stage. And right before 
they shut down. They had a big event in the gym where the drama program did a number from all of the shows that they have ever done. And they must have hung like the playbills of the shows on the top and they were still there. And I got to like see the shows that I was in. So that was pretty cool. When I was sitting there, the woman was like, what are you looking at? It's like, I performed on that stage. That's so cool. I love that. Wow. I I needed that for my brain. Yeah. I didn't know that I did. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. And it's also really sunny out today. So that was nice. Mm -hmm. And I had a voice lesson uh, with my voice teacher who I hadn't seen in a while. So that was fun. So those are your top three. Amazing. Yeah. And what, what's the, what are you looking forward to for the rest of the day? Is there something that stands out that you're looking forward to? Um, well, my favorite thing that happens every single day is me eating dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I, my parents laugh at me all the time. When they say it's dinner time, I bolt to the kitchen. <laughs> Sometimes I trip over my own two feet and fall down on my way. <laughs> I I'm a big foodie. I love food. So dinner is my favorite part. Oh my gosh. I think absolutely finish on that note. That's such a nice thought. Yeah. Because what a, what better place to live in the moment than at the dinner table? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, uh, again, Elise, thank you so much. And I want you to stay safe and healthy. And I can't thank you enough for joining me today. Thank you. In music, stop time is that beautiful moment where the band is suspended in rhythmic unison, supporting the soloist to express their individuality. In the moment, I encourage you to take that time and create your own rhythm. Until next time, I'm Lisa Hopkins. Thanks for listening.